And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome, I'm Tom Laurie, and I will be your host today. Thank you for joining us. Today, our guest mentor is fitness entrepreneur, John Sidemer. John's life journey has been interrupted twice with cancer, two deadly forms of cancer. His most recent diagnosis was for a blood cancer, CLL, chronic lymphocytic leukemia. It was during the second bout with cancer when faced with a not-so-good prognosis that John formed a unique organization, the Council of Dads in Wellington, Florida, for the express purpose of providing fatherly mentoring to his son if he passed away, and secondarily, to provide fatherly mentoring to kids in the inner city and elsewhere. John's story is one of rising above himself and his health crisis to help others, and in doing so, finding what he will tell you is the calling of his life. So, John, let's get started. You were living in the Bahamas. You had a successful business, and you were diagnosed with cancer. Tell us from that point on a little bit about your journey with the cancer, the re- the radiation, the remission, and then its return. Uh, well, I moved to the Bahamas in uh, 1988, uh, Paradise Island. Had a great life there in uh, 1998. Uh, wasn't feeling well. Ended up in a hospital for testing in, uh, in Florida, South Florida. I was diagnosed with tes- testicular cancer. And uh, I ended up having uh, three months of extensive radiation therapy and surgery. And then soon after that, uh, maybe about a year after, my oncologist uh, was suspecting that there was a possibility that I was over-radiated in Florida. And he said, I have a strong feeling that one day you might come down with uh, a blood cancer, leukemia. And lo and behold, I did. And uh, that was a, uh, a point when you, is that the time when you then uh, moved to Florida, moved back to Florida? I uh, uh, moved to the Bahamas in 88 and ended up uh, moving to Florida in 2008. I came out of remission uh, a second time. And my doctors at that time at Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York City said, you better get back to the States because you've got... Uh, a lot of medical treatment ahead of you. So we ended up, uh, yes, in Wellington, Florida in 2008. And then you found your way to Oregon where they gave you a choice of two different, uh, I guess, clinical trials or test therapies, experimental therapies. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I was thinking the other day, Tom, uh, about my life's journey, especially my cancer journey. And almost 40% of my life I've been... uh, I've been dealing with a cancer situation. So in from 2008 till about 2014, I had various treatments to keep me uh, 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 in remission. 
And then in about 2014, I got very, very ill. And I went to uh, uh, a trial center in the foothills of Eugene, Oregon, and uh, uh, met some, uh, some cancer specialists there. And they gave me uh, two immediate options. Um, one was uh, uh, a trial out of Germany called Cancer Study Number 10, uh, FCR, and the other was uh, 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 a little less uh, potent uh, called BR, and I, I went for the gusto and did the F FCR trial. And you, uh, as I recall, had 16, 14 to 16 very difficult stays in the hospital during this period. It was really, you know, I was... I was, I consider myself a pretty strong guy and, and definitely strong-willed guy. And I told my family, don't worry about me. I'll get through this trial and, and we'll do it. And I had my, my guys from the Bahamas flew in and, and my close friends in Florida. And we got through the seven-month cycle. But really what I was totally unprepared for was what it was going to do for my body uh, to my body over the next three to four years, I had, uh, I think it was about 16 hospital stays. It was, it was very, very difficult. But when I was in Oregon, they told me that if I survived the trial, that I could get upwards of uh, seven years of remission. And almost to the day, that's what happened. I'm now coming out of remission again, and I have to start uh, treatment again sometime towards the end of the summer. And while you were going through this uh, second bout with cancer, somebody gave you a book, but uh, it ended up on the bookshelf for a couple of years. Tell us about that book and what it, uh, what light bulbs went on. Yeah. Well, when I was going through the, the treatment and afterwards, I, I pretty much went into a guest room. I, I told my, my wife and young son, the rest of my family, I said, please, please understand. I've got to go into this room and, when I feel better, I'm going to come out. And uh, I kept getting books and cards and everyone was so supportive. But I was given this book called The Council of Dads. Um, and I, I literally had it on my nightstand for about two years. I, I just never had the energy or the wherewithal to read it. And I was at such a low point. I remember one night, it was maybe two o'clock in the morning, I, I put my night lamp on and said to myself, you know what, I'm going to start reading this book. And I'm a person that I, I've always lived by uh, carrying around uh, yellow legal pads and pens and highlighters. So I had my legal pad next to me and pen. And the first paragraph that I read, I just said to myself, oh, my God, this is, this is unbelievable. I've got to uh, finish reading this book. And I've got to make a life's purpose to uh, 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 founding my own council in uh, the community that I, I live in, uh, which is what I did. So what was, the, uh, what was that first paragraph all about, and what was the outline of the book? Well, it was uh, uh, the author, uh, Bruce Feiler, uh, had two twin daughters. I think they were five years old. He was a young college professor and author in Brooklyn, New York. His life was going perfectly well, and he had some leg pain, and lo and behold, after some investigation, they 
found out that he had a very cancerous, deadly tumor in his femur. And he was so concerned about what was going to uh, uh, happen to his daughters in case something happened to him that he just thought at night, you know, he, he came up with six, six dear friends that he had that were very, very proficient in different areas of life. One was an educator, another was a doctor, one was very uh, uh, proficient in sports, and he invited them over the house one night and told them his diagnosis and his plan, and, and he asked them, could you, I don't want you to be my daughter's father, but could you collectively, you know, uh, 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 you know, bring your attributes to my children and help, uh, help possibly, you know, give them positive uh, 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 solutions going forward. So uh, I said the same thing about my son and, and also helping people in the community and felt it would be something that would be uh, greatly needed in the community that I live in. So we're going to cut for break. We're going to come back and we'll talk about how you formed the Council of Dads in Florida. So we're going to be right back with fitness entrepreneur, John Sidemer, who created the greatest fitness center in the world has ever seen for golds and then faced the battle of his life in which he found his life's purpose. The Mentors is now in its sixth year. Check out past shows by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and I'm with cancer survivor, John Sidemer, who created South Florida's Council of Dads, which he grew into a mentoring powerhouse for girls and boys who lack the presence of a dad. Remember, you can also listen to the show or any previous show via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device at any time. Subscribe at thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. So when we last... Uh, uh, when we went to break, you were talking, you were in the struggle, you found this book, it, you were inspired. Now you went forward and creating something. Tell us about how you created the Council of Dads. And first of all, let everybody know, where is Wellington, Florida? Wellington, Florida, is uh, it's just a tremendous community. It's uh, part of uh, Wellington. The old, old Wellington is equestrian uh, uh, you know, center. And then, uh, the other part is just a lot of young, a lot of young families are moving here. It's, it's a tremendous, uh, uh, community to live in for young families. And you're just West of West Palm beach, right? Yes, sir. So you're right down in South Florida. Okay. Tell us about what you did. Uh, obviously you were motivated and wanted to do something. So what were the next steps? Um, uh, got my pad out and I started over the next couple of days scaring through names of people in the local community that I felt uh, very highly about, uh, had a lot of attributes, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of things going for them that, that could help give back to the community. I had probably about 50 names written down and I, I don't know why I put the number at 10, but I figured I, I wanted to cap out the council at 10. So I, uh, I made 10 individual phone calls, uh, sat down one-on-one -on -one with e each, of the, each of the people that I asked 
took them to lunch or dinner, and I had a universal uh, thing that happened that was just incredible. Uh, it put me in tears, and it immediately put them in tears. And I had a universal answer from every one of them that they were waiting for something like this, an avenue like this their entire life, uh, an avenue that they would that they felt they could uh, give back to the community. And so I only asked uh, asked ten people, and we started the council with the original ten. And when you sat down with them, what was the <coughs> What was your ask? I mean, how did you, what were the questions? I mean, you're, you're, you're vetting them, first of all, because you not just want them on board, but I'm sure you want to make sure the right people. So what kind of things did you talk about? Uh, well, one, we started with a, an annual membership fee. I just asked that the areas that they were proficient in, uh, that they could, uh, you know, bring forward. Uh, I asked of their time and energy and, uh, and, and one thing in particular, I said, look, I know uh, life's issues come up, people move, we get ill, we get busy with other things, but if you ever leave the council or are thinking of leaving the council, I just need you to recommend uh, an adequate replacement that we could vet and, uh, and bring on board. We've only lost uh, uh, two members over the last uh, five years, and, and in one of the cases... Uh, um, uh, our, our member would, was moving uh, out of town. So everyone, we basically have pretty much our our original group. Um, and when you pick these people, they come from very different walks of life, right? Different points of view. And give us a, an idea of what kinds of people you have on the Council of Dads. And also, you, have a, you had a woman. You had a woman join. You kind of broke the rule. But tell us about her as well. We did. We had a woman by the name of uh, Robin Carrier, who was just absolutely incredible. She was the director of student services at a very prestigious uh, private school in Palm Beach County called King's Academy. And uh, she was probably, I mean, what she did for our council was just incredible. And uh, she decided to retire. Her husband got very ill and they had a dream of traveling all around the country and internationally, which is what they've been doing over the last year or so. But because of her, we were able to start a tremendous tutoring uh, program for inner city kids. We tutor in five uh, subjects. Uh, one of the subjects is Spanish and uh, free of charge. We also have a SAT tutoring program in the state of Florida. We have SAT testing, uh, which helps students get into college. And we found that we, uh, we increased uh, student scores between 100 and 150 points by taking our, uh, our tutoring program. And what we did with the King's Academy is she took us to their exceptional student body. They have uh, a student body, straight A students, you know, Ivy League type, uh, type students. And we exchange community service hours with them, which they need for college entrance. And in exchange for the community service hours, they gave free tutoring services. And the program has worked out uh, tremendously. We've only had a little glitch this past year because of COVID. So we had a one-year lapse. Uh, but we're starting up full guns in this coming uh, school year. 
So she was just instrumental to our council. And what other kinds of people did you do you have on the council in terms of what they bring to the table? Tom, I, I wish I could do this whole in, uh, this whole interview, not talk about me and talk about them. I am pale in comparison to my group. I've got uh, 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 a VA uh, emergency room doctor. Uh, we have a chief uh, uh, pathologist and chairman of the board of Wellington Regional Hospital. We have a, a wealth manager at Merrill Lynch, uh, 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 vice presidents of companies, software uh, engineers, uh, just a tremendous group of guys. And uh, uh, we have a, a 28-year fighter pilot who you know very well, uh, a five-tour uh uh, uh, Afghanistan uh, hero, United States hero is now a JetBlue uh, captain at JetBlue. Um, just a, a tremendous, diverse group. Now Very loyal and dedicated. So initially, the whole idea was to make sure that there were people there that could replace you in some way, not completely, obviously, uh, to provide uh, mentoring and encouragement to your son and to Bruce uh, Pfeiffer, I guess it is, and to his children. But what, so you started down that path, you got to, what flipped this to become such a, we're going to talk more about what your organization does, but I mean, you're, you're working with all sorts of kids and basketball teams and activities. So what, what was the catalyst? How did this go through that transformation from serving you to serving uh, the community at large? I think what really turned the, Council almost immediately uh, 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 to uh, uh, to a community service uh, 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 area that has really helped uh, helped the community is we attached ourselves to the Wellington Wolves Travel Basketball Association. Uh, this is an amazing organization. It was founded in 2002 by the former mayor of Wellington. It was taken over by just an amazing man, Chris Vitalia, uh, very dedicated in 2008. And it's a 19-team organization of uh, very proficient basketball players starting in third grade all the way through 11th grade, uh, boys and girls. And the key to it is that we have a lot of inner city uh, children and families in the program. So right off the bat, the Council of Dads was immediately able to service over 250 families in the organization. And from that, it grew and expanded. So I, I think that was the main uh, catalyst that really catapulted us, was attaching ourselves to the wolves. And I know you have a lot of activities. Uh, how often does the council meet? We probably meet every couple of months. We we uh, we phone confer, we trade ideas. We we now, after five years, we have a, a calendar of events. Uh, every month or so, we're doing uh, something really good in the community. And when emergencies come up, like Hurricane Dorian in September of two thousand and nineteen, we uh, we jump to their aid in Abaco, Bahamas, in a in a big way. 
Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. So we're going to be right back with uh, fitness entrepreneur, John Sidemer, who created the greatest fitness center the world has ever seen and then faced the battle of his life in which he found his life's purpose. Remember, you can now listen to our Saturday broadcast, not only on Sedem Radio, but live anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. And now, back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and I'm with cancer survivor, John Sinema, who created South Florida's Council of Dads, which he grew into a mentoring powerhouse for girls and boys who lack the presence of a dad. If you've tuned in later, want to make sure you do not miss future shows, go to our website or your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the Mentors Radio. So we were talking in the last segment about the formation of uh, the Council of Dads. How many when you think about it, you're what, five years old now, six years old? Yeah, five, five years five, old. Three. How many how many lives do you think you've touched in that period? Oh my God, literally, uh, literally thousands. Thousands. And you mentioned uh that as you reached out to these people that have joined the Council of Dads, and you've learned this from a lot of other people, talk a little bit about um looking for purpose in life and how this has really reached uh, these people at their heart and, and soul in terms of something they were looking for. What, so you've got all these people, they're successful in their own right and everything. And all of a sudden they jump on board and tell us about what they're getting out of it. Well, you know, uh, I mean, money and, and, and material things can only get us uh, so far there. There's, there's gotta be a bigger purpose than just uh working and striving for things. Uh, and, and I think, you know, most, most people, uh, not only in the U.S., but around the world, most people want to be very giving of themselves, but, but most just need that direction and avenue. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I found with the council, it's, it's the same way. These, these guys are just incredible. And not only the children and people that we've helped, but we have also turned a lot of them into givers, and uh, and 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 we really push for that with our with our basketball kids. If if we're helping them out with a, a basketball scholarship, they're going to help us out with the sneaker drive. They're going to help us out with uh, getting food supplies for the victims of Hurricane Dorian. So we turn the the receivers into givers. And I think that's a very big point. And let's talk a little about Hurricane Dorian and how you jumped into action and what your group did for the people over in the Bahamas. And, and of course, uh, you had roots there because you'd lived there a long time. But how did, how did you mobilize everything and what did they do? And when I, when I first, you know, living in the Bahamas for 20 years, I have. I have such an affiliation with the country and the people. It, it's such a great little country and, and humble people. And when I saw the devastation on the TV and also the phone calls I got from, from, from friends there, I could not believe what happened to, uh, in specific, in Abaco. They got totally and completely annihilated. I, I tried to contact the prime minister's office uh, to get permission to fly over uh, a day after the hurricane and 
And I was told, look, if you get a plane that's willing to take you there, there's no airport open. You have to find a place to land. There's no radar, no control tower. And I, uh, I went down to the executive airport in uh, West Palm and I got this cargo plane. It was, I think, 60 years old and filled it with some stuff and said, come on, we're, we're going over. And, and I, I just couldn't believe it. So when I came back, we mobilized uh, very, very quickly. And the end result is we, we ended up sending uh, 80 generators over. Uh, five full cargo planes of supplies, uh, 15 40-foot containers filled with tents, food items, medical supplies. I don't want to put a, I, I, I don't want to put a, a, a dollar number on it, but it was, uh, it was a, a very large amount of money, and we did it on a, we mobilized small and we went big and. Everybody in the community participated. Uh, everyone, it was it was incredible. I all the cargo flights I personally uh, went over with. I made sure every last item was passed out properly. Um, and our fifteen containers of supplies. A lot of it was rebuilding supplies, roofing material, uh, lumber, uh, um, things things like that. So it was really. Uh, Really incredible, really incredible undertaking. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show today. I'm with John Sinema, who created South Florida's Council of Dads. So you've created an organization. It's fascinating. I mean, you started initially doing something to make sure your son had the type of mentorship that he might need if you had passed away. And this has blossomed into a gigantic organization where you have these grassroots efforts like what you did with Dorian. And it sounds like uh, you're getting a lot of support, first of all, and a lot of people that you've touched are giving back. Uh, that seems to be the thread. Yes. And tell, tell us a little bit about the Thanksgiving soup kitchen that you guys uh, organized. Yeah, every uh, every year we uh, do a very big food drive for the uh, soup kitchen of Boynton Beach. Unfortunately, uh, during COVID, uh, the founder uh, of it he would not stop working all through COVID, and uh, he ended up passing away uh, uh, from COVID. Uh, so we kind of doubled up the effort after that. But this is another thing that that yearly food drive. It's really derived from our kids in our program. They're out, you know, raising supplies and working, and uh, it's been very successful. We we have another program that uh, a foundation we work with called In Jacob Shoes. Um, it was a family that very horrifically, about ten or twelve years ago, they lived in Boynton Beach, Florida. Their son was walking home from school, and uh, he was murdered. And he happened to be a, a, a shoe collector and a shoe lover. And they started this tremendous foundation. And two years running, I, I went to the, the family, the Zwick family, a few years ago. And I said, can you tell me the largest shoe donation that you've ever had? And it was about maybe 1,500 pairs. And I said, we're going to beat that. Well, our first year uh, doing the shoe drive, we raised... Uh, I think it was 3,653 pairs. Last year was about 2,800. And we're working with them on an annual basis. The 
end of the summer, we're going to be doing a backpack drive, and each each uh, school backpack will be filled with brand new school supplies. And again, this is all 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 derived from the council. But our families that are in our program are all working for you know people in the community that uh, that that need help. Um, well, we're going to come back and talk some more about uh, Jacob's shoes and these other things that you're doing. We're with fitness entrepreneur John Sidemer, who created the greatest fitness center in the world has ever seen, and then faced the battle of his life in which he found his life's purpose. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio. And now, back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and I'm with cancer survivor John Sidemer, who created South Florida's Council of Dads, which he grew into a mentoring powerhouse for girls and boys who lack the presence of a dad. I want to switch gears just a little bit. And, you know, you've you started out again with something to make sure your son had the type of um, fatherly mentoring uh, that he needed, and it's expanded to, uh, in a great way. But over, I'm sure you've learned a lot. What what can you tell us about? I mean, you've learned a lot. You've shared a lot already. But I've, in another vein, what have you learned about the role of the father? What have you learned about the absence of a father? And I was talking to Peter over the weekend. He said, you know, this Council of Fathers is more than just helping people that don't have a dad. He said, sometimes dads can't get through their kids and having a third party can be very important. So let's talk a little bit about the father, uh, mentoring of kids, raising of kids today. Uh, and maybe you can give us some insights into what you've learned over the course of the last five years. Well, uh, the the, the one thing I wanted to say on that, Tom, is, is in our program of 250 families uh, and, and uh, you know, plus, I really want to thank and congratulate and pat on the back our moms because we've got a lot of inner city kids in our program and they the mothers are the mother and the father. And the job that they do is just incredible. Uh, but... Uh, you know, one step further, we have a we have a mentoring program, and anytime there's a child in the community or in our program that's sort of going a little wayward, uh, we try to get a hold of them. Uh, we have one one council member in particular, Dr. Gordon Johnson, who's just just an incredible man, and he gets a hold of them. He takes them out for a meal and tries to tries to get them uh, on the straight and narrow and We've done such a such a good job, I, you know. Just to commend, to mend, commend our kids and families in our program, uh, you know, with with our athletes, we have a scholar athlete awards night once a year, and we have a, a Top Gun award, which is any student athlete that has a four or above GPA, and we have an honor roll category for any student athlete that has all A's and B's. Lo and behold, 40% of our kids are either honor roll or top guns. And I want you to show me uh, uh, sports programs or athletes that could, uh, that could produce a 40% honor roll or above rate. So 
I don't know, something is going right with what we're doing. And, and you know, plus our, our dads that are in the picture and, and our moms that play the role of mom and dad. It's just incredible. So I was a single parent. I was obviously the father. The mother was gone. <clears throat> and I was fortunate to have what I call my group of angels. There were about 10 women uh, that really helped me a great deal. Helped me, first of all, I had a daughter. And secondly, did a lot of things for my daughter that I could not do. And I don't think uh, people who uh, have gone down that path as I have understand the importance of that role of the mom. And I'm glad you brought the mom up because they bring something and the dad brings something. And what you are doing is really filling in something like I had. I had my little angel group, but you're providing angels uh, for these moms, so the the boys can have a, uh, a a male influence, which is so important. Um, so this is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Metro's Radio. I'm with John Sidmer, who created South Florida's Council of Dads, and I want to talk a little bit now. I mean, you're you're very entrepreneurial. You yes. are you you've got a history of being an entrepreneur. Tell us about the because uh, I was fascinated the gym that you built how you got into the fitness business. And we only have about a couple of minutes, but how you got in the fitness business and what you created uh, on the Bahamas with your Gold's Gym. Oh, God, that was a tremendous experience. Uh, just to fast forward, my wife and I were uh, always very athletic and into fitness. And when I had this crazy idea to move to Paradise Island with her, she was a professional dancer and we couldn't find an adequate gym to work out, out in. So I took a, a flight to Venice, California. I met the founders of Gold's Gym uh, there. I bought the rights to the Caribbean, uh, came back to Nassau and uh, spoke to uh, people in the government. I got permission to open the gym. And, and it was crazy because I was never in the gym business before. But the first thing I was told is, yeah, you open this big box gym, you know, 25,000 square feet. And you're going to make a lot of money. And how are you going to make money, John, is is you're going to sign up a lot of members and you're going to make money by the member that doesn't use the club. And I said to myself, I'm going to make money by members that don't use the club. I, I'm not going to run a business like that. So we, we created a social gathering place. It was the hit, hit of the Caribbean from day one. Uh, our club, uh, two years running, uh, won the most charitable club worldwide. Uh, we were the most exceptional international club. We had the most members, but we created a social gathering place. And I, I wanted people to exercise and get fit, but really what I wanted was just walk in the door. And when you left, left our premises, I wanted you to be happier and feel better about yourself than when you walk walked in and that's what we created it was it was really incredible and you talked to me about what it's like to live on an island and uh how you have a brotherhood and it's different than friendship let's uh talk a few minutes about what that what a brotherhood is what being on an island is how you related to people and what's different when you came to the mainland i think there's lessons we can all learn from that yeah well i the the island I lived on was uh, half a mile uh, wide, three quarters of a mile long, and it was connected by a bridge. If that bridge went down for uh, any act of God or for whatever reason, 
you you are on there all by yourself. So, uh, and 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 also, uh, uh, people on the islands are just their door is open to you. And I met uh, I met brothers there. And when I left, uh, the brotherhoods uh, uh, came with me. But it, it, you know the the downside is is I left with such high standards for having people come into my life again. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's hard to explain, Tom. When you needed something, the answer was always yes. There was never a no. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the guys and, and the women that we met on the island were just, uh, you know, there for each other uh, 24-7. Um, and it remains that way to this day. Um, it was hard leaving, but it was, uh, you know, something that we, we had to do. And, and now we're enjoying the States again. Well, and it sounds a little bit too, like you got the seeds of a brotherhood with your council of dads. Yeah, definitely. Certainly uh, goes above and beyond. So, and we're going to cut for our last break and we'll be right back with fitness entrepreneur john sidemer who created the greatest fitness center in the world and then faced the battle of his life which he found his life's purpose you will find all of our show notes and links at the mentorsradio.com this is tom laurie and this is the mentors radio show and now Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back, and this is your host, Tom Laurie. I'm with cancer survivor John Sinemer, who created South Florida's Council of Dads, which he grew into a mentoring powerhouse for girls and boys who lacked the presence of a father. Um, let's, uh, again, I like to switch gears from time to time. You talk about the cancer being the best thing that ever happened to you. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I've heard other people that have gone through massive crises say the same thing. You know, it's strange, uh, Tom. I had mentioned before I was trying to calculate in years, and cancer has been with me for 40, almost 40% of my life. So it's, it's almost like I, I've got this brother that's constantly hanging over me, and, and I could either let it destroy me, you know, physically and and mentally, or I could, uh, you know, try to look at the positives of it. And I'm an avid reader, and I remember Gilda Radner. I don't know if you remember her, but sure. she was a comedian, uh, actress. She died very young of cancer, and I remember she said, uh, and, and people couldn't understand it, but I, I understand it fully. She said, if it wasn't for the downside of cancer, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I feel the same way. And I, I think I told you this before. If, if anyone in my family uh, or friends was equipped for dealing with what I have gone through these last 24 years, it's me. And, and I wouldn't want it any other way. It's, uh, it's uh, changed me. The, the way I view every day and the weather and getting up and taking a walk and you know, being with my son, it's, it's just very, you know, very rewarding every, every day, everything that I do. And if, 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 if I didn't have the cancer diagnosis, I'd, I'd probably be out, you know, maybe opening up other gyms and trying to buy more things. And it wouldn't have bought me happiness and 
contentment. I'm very content. Even I'm, I'm coming out of remission. Uh, I'm going on something, and I quote, called salvage therapy. And just that word, salvage therapy, is not a great word because there's no cure for my cancer. But uh, it doesn't uh, bother me anymore. I, I feel like my life has been so uh, uh, fulfilling. And, uh, you know, fortunately with my council guys and great family and friends, um, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, in all honesty. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to trying to contribute uh, in any small way that I can. And whatever the future holds is uh, what it holds. And you also talk about uh, not being a victim and how paying it forward can help uh, help you get over being a victim. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's it's very uh, it, it's it's uh, it's very important. I mean, when you get that diagnosis and it's so it's so shocking, you could be a victim, and you could lie back and say life is over and whine me, or you could take charge and try to turn it into a positive and. And your mental attitude and your emotional attitude with cancer is almost more important than the medicine itself. If you have a bad attitude and a defeatist attitude, you're sunk before you even start. Uh, modern medicine can only do so much, and 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 it's up to us to uh, you know to do the rest. Um, and. And the, uh, the last thing before we have to leave is uh, the importance of people feeling good about themselves and what we can do to help them. I, uh, Tom, it's so important. We all have a contribution we can make in life, and all of us have things that we can be proud of and we can be happy about. And, and I, 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 I just think it's important to have that, uh, that attitude that, uh, that you're worthy. Uh, and again, with the people that we help, we, we try to turn them into the helpers. And I've seen time and time again, uh, uh, people that always thought of themselves as victims turn into victors. And it's the same thing with a cancer diagnosis. You want to be the victim or you want to be a victor. And the same thing goes with everyday life. Uh, well, I want to thank you very much, John, for sharing your story and sharing. And I assume people can reach you on the net somewhere uh, and learn about the Council of Dads. That's it until next week at the same time. We'll put something on the link on our, on our website. Our guest today has been fitness entrepreneur and the founder of South Florida's Council of Dads, John Sidemer. Remember, if you tuned in late, you can listen to this and past shows by downloading podcasts by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next weekend at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.thementorsradio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.